Welcome to the Infinity Initiative, a 10th anniversary Marvel Cinematic Universe movie rewatch podcast. Episode 11, Avengers Age of Ultron. Hello there. Welcome to the Infinity Initiative. Avengers Infinity War is just over the horizon. To prepare, we're watching all the MCU movies in order. My name is Stuart, and I'm joined by Mr. Ben Avery. How you doing? We're big MCU fans and are super excited to rewatch these movies. So let's dive into Joss Whedon's 2015 Avengers Age of Ultron. Hey, Ben, how's it going? All right. 2015. 2015. Yes. So we're we're creeping up toward the present day here. We are very very rapidly actually. Um, you know, it's 2018 now and 2015, so there's three years, three years, and I think six more movies, seven. Yeah. So here's something though that I don't know. I don't think we've had a chance to address on this podcast. No, we have not, and I know where you're going with this. Do you? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was trying to think of something I could just throw at you to throw you off, but oh, no, okay. I'm, I'm just going to stick with the real thing, which is uh, they have upped the date yes. of Avengers three. Yes. Which, so our road to infinity war is one week shorter. shorter. Yes. I'm very excited about this. Extremely excited about this. I don't know what to do about black Panther. Cause the way we have it laid out is um, Thor would come out on the 23rd, the week of the 23rd, which is the week it opens. And Mm -hmm. then Black Panther would come out on the week of the 30th, which would be the week, you know, then the fourth would have been when um, Avengers came out. Infinity War came out. So I don't know. I mean, but then I've kind of been waffling back and forth. I mean, is, has, has there been enough time between the time we saw Black Panther and Infinity War to really do a, a, sort of cursory glance at black panther i don't know i think so i think so so i have no idea what we'll do but we'll do something (laughs) because the other thing i've been curious about is are we doing a infinity initiative episode of infinity war i don't know i've also wanted to do one where we just get a round table and completely throw all the speculation into the uh into the mix but that's going to take something to to work out Um. so there's lots maybe, of things in the fire. Yeah, maybe maybe the way to go would be something like that where you you just, you know, do Infinity War the week that the next movie comes out. So like for Ant-Man and the Wasp or whatever. But Oh yeah. I mean I mean then, there there's there's plenty of things you could do uh or you could just stop doing it. That's true you know? too. All we of we finished the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh Enterprise sound theme song. It's a long road from here to there. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. That, that's Which, what you now. Interesting that you'd uh, reference that because that's kind of what inspired us to do this was uh, the From There to Here uh, right. podcast by the whatever that Star Trek, Trek FM uh, podcast network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where they went through and, and did something not uh, we it was a much bigger scope for them. They went through all the Star Trek in one year. Right. Every, One year. Every single episode, every single movie. Um, All of Star Trek. Right. <laughs> We're not doing that. No. Well, I mean, there's not a, there's not as much, for one. And I think the right. movies is, is a lot. I mean, 17 movies is a lot of movies. Yeah. But here's the other thing that I was hoping they would do and they haven't done. I was hoping with Discovery that they would come back 
and and do some discovery episodes. Oh yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. And they didn't so, do that. But no, it's not really. No. I mean, discovery doesn't really culminate in the fiftieth anniversary. I mean, they they were doing that oh, yeah, for I the fiftieth year. And we're doing it for the tenth. That's right. See. So I mean, yeah. I mean, there's. <laughs> There's all sorts of stuff that goes into what you're doing and why you're doing it. And That's absolutely true. But you know yeah. what we are doing now? Yes. We are doing, as my son calls it, Age of Voltron. Age of Voltron. That yeah. might have been a better movie. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, would have been a different movie for sure. Vol- I loved Voltron as a kid. I was allowed to have not Transformers, but GoBots as a kid, which you may have heard about before. And Voltron. Those are my two things. I actually tried to, but I, we couldn't afford like the big Voltron model. So I tried to build the the car Voltron, which I don't know the actual origin of that. Somebody does, I'm sure. But there was a car Voltron out of like Hot Wheels with tape. <laughs> And That's like awesome. dowel rods and it kind of sort of, I don't know, I had Legos in there too, because they had to stick together. Right. So yeah, it kind of yeah. sort of worked. It didn't really, but it kind of worked. Well, my first comic book work ever was, uh, in fifth grade doing a Voltron ripoff called Birdman. And it was about a guy who goes back in time and sees the dinosaurs and sees a pterodactyl. And that's what inspires him to create five, birds that form into one giant robot that sounds awesome yeah like pterodactyls mean- birds i don't know where the jump happened in my fifth grade brain but it's your fifth yeah. grade brain what do you i, mean- I did 15 <laughs> issues of that book 15 wow. issues of Birdman. yeah and if you can find it on ebay you'll be rich you'll never find it on ebay <laughs> uh no i i it's in my office i i still have them you do i do yeah yeah. I'm, that actually does sound pretty awesome. So you should you should self publish that. We'll start a Kickstarter for you. Nice. Okay. So, uh, but let's talk about Ultron, not Ultron. Voltron. Ultron, not Vir- Voltron or Birdman. So, right. Do you remember watching this way back in 2015? Oh, I sure do. I sure do. Yeah. Do you? I do. I remember. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> so we <laughs> there's kind of there's two points in my life right pre moving mm-hmm. to the up and post moving to the up and this is definitely in that post situation um i remember very vividly listening to the welcome to level seven podcast which you may have heard of ben um yeah i have heard of that uh that podcast that's a pretty good one before yeah um you know and and i vividly remember vividly remember hoping there was some sort of amazing tie-in to the agents of shield show there was a tie-in though i said amazing <laughs> <laughs> but there it's there and this there's yeah. two and actually we just talked about this in the last episode of, of we did. Uh, welcome to level seven where um, the one tie in was the lady you could see into the future, which was she, on the show, right? Yeah. On, she saw the on trailer. The show. She, she went to yeah. age of Ultron trailer. <laughs> Basically her, her future telling store uh, powers uh, were to be able to see, uh, you know, trailers on YouTube. And she saw the trailer and saw mm-hmm. robots and saw, you know, people falling from the sky and raining mm-hmm. fire and, and that. Um, and then the other big tie in was uh, Colson saying, ah, I got to go help my friend. Uh, 
and <laughs> and Nick Fury saying, uh, I'm going to get some help from my friend. And we didn't actually see them, you know, no. make the transaction. But uh, no. Coulson gave Nick Fury a, a leftover helicarrier. Because, you know, had one in his back pocket. Hey, buddy. Well, in his garage, in his you garage. know. Yeah, at the, at the base, <laughs> whatever that's called. So if you watch the show, though, that's the thing. If you watch the show, you, you got the reference. You got the reference. And Unless if you, you didn't, completely missed it like I did. <laughs> but if you didn't watch the show, it didn't matter because Nick Fury just went and some sort of shield uh, contact or some sort of someone in the government uh, had this thing that he could show up at the last minute and and save the day uh, Gandalf style. Right. And uh, I mean, I read Civil War and that's kind of how it, you know, I read all of the Civil Wars, all the tie-ins and everything. And, you know, you get you get some of that, right? Where somebody shows up, oh, I just did a thing and don't worry about it. And then, like, there's four comics, four issues, other places that talk mm-hmm. about in depth of that thing. And I get that. And I get that's what they were trying to do. But I was still, I mean, because we had just seen in uh, Winter Soldier. Where it completely tore everything apart. That's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Winter Soldier and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was probably the best way you could do something like that. Right. Tying a TV show into a into a movie series and, and back again, you know, and you can't you can't have that every time. And you definitely didn't get that here. No. But the other thing that I was expecting, I, I thought this is where you were going, uh-huh. uh, was <laughs> – I was expecting to be there. I'd uh, be an incredible tie-in to Thanos. Oh no, 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 no! I mean, why do that? I mean, there, there, there is again. It's there, you know, with with uh, with Vision and and that uh, with the the mm-hmm. spear thing. But um, it, it's kind of not there. <laughs> yeah, it's not really there at all. And so, so I remember. I, so oh, okay, this is kind of into the second part of the episode. Um. So when I was rewatching this, this feels like a number two. You know, this feels like. Well, uh, can you define, please? I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. This feels like a. Oh, hey, wait a second. Family show. Get your mind out of there, Ben. I, ben. I, no, I my mind ashamed. went there because of my family. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's the kid. <laughs> this feels oh. like a middle. Okay. All right. A series like an Empire Strikes Back. It kind of ends on a downer. It's kind of more somber in tone. There's a little bit more character development, and it pushes the story forward, but it doesn't resolve anything. And that's definitely what this felt like. It doesn't you know? I mean, yeah, we got the Avengers assemble. Oh, we didn't actually say that. You know, yeah, we push the Infinity Stones forward a little bit more. We push the Thanos story forward a little bit more. But this definitely feels like a middle of a trilogy. And if we're going into Infinity War, where you have Avengers 1, Avengers 2, and Avengers 3, that would be that could be a very defined trilogy. It could be, but I don't think it is. I mean, you say it feels like a middle chapter of a trilogy. I feel like the trilogy is disconnected because there's so much space in between them. And you need to watch the other movies in between chapter one and chapter two of Avengers. And yeah, that's true. You can't, you know, and, and that's, it's not a bad thing. It's yeah, not a bad you, you thing. Can't it's a really series have, of movies though. Yeah. You can't really have, it'd be very difficult to go from Avengers one to Avengers two, um, without having a lot of that middle space and not just 
Sam Jackson going off and getting some stuff from his old friends, right? Okay. You know, you, the the search for Strucker, the search for – I mean, you kind of need to know that Hydra fell, really, or that, that, mm-hmm. that, that, shield, that shield fell, yeah. and it's Hydra, and that um, Captain America is out there trying to clean up the mess. You kind of need to know that. The thing I find really interesting about – and the MCU right now, as far as the movies go, is if you compare franchises that have this many movies, uh, James Bond, you can watch any James Bond in any order. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, Godzilla, you know, that same kind of thing. Um, Star Trek, even, you know, you, you have that one trilogy of wrath of Khan search for Spock and voyage home that they go together and you kind of need to watch them together or at least have seen the other two before you can see, you know, like four or whatever. But, um, but with the MCU, there's certain chapters you can't miss. And Winter yeah. Soldier is one of them, you know. And so going into this Age of Ultron, you, you need to know Winter Soldier. Uh, Civil War, you have to have seen this one, you know, as, as we're looking into the future here. But yeah, you um, definitely because, you know, the Sokovia Accords, you wouldn't know what Sokovia is, although they do play the trailer for this movie and that movie. So it works out. Um but only the only the breaking apart of the 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 city, uh, but yeah. So you know, I've heard a lot of what movies do you need to watch before Infinity War? All of them. You need to watch all of them. <laughs> well, yeah, because Infinity War is the culmination. Yeah, and everybody is in it except for Coulson. Except and... for Coulson, because he's probably going to die next Friday. <laughs> Well, we'll see. We'll see. And and by next Friday, you mean last Friday. I mean, last Friday. Yeah, because of timing. But in episode 100, time travel is hard. In episode 100 of S.H.I.E.L.D., Coulson probably dies. You can tell. But when we're recording this now. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, what what do you think about this movie now specifically? Well, well, I I still have one more bit of what I thought about then, because this is the movie that kind of turned me against joss whedon um i'm sorry where, ben i didn't hear you no no I, I i i still respect him as a storyteller but not as much and it was because of this movie and uh, and part of it was because of the press around this movie too honestly um and seeing you know just how he treats people um that when he's you know tired and 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 frustrated and, and having, you know, gone through the press stuff. But, um, this movie itself, I, I think I used the analogy on, on our episode for welcome to level seven. This movie is like my teenage son. Now that at that point he was 13, he's 16 now, but it's the same kind of thing where the movie then kind of hit me as it's, it has some really intelligent moments, some really intelligent moments and some really brilliant moments. But then it just takes every single scene and punctuates it with uh, – and when I say inappropriate joke, I don't mean inappropriate like it's a poop joke or it's a sexual innuendo, although there's some of that. But um, by inappropriate joke, I mean timing, you know, like like a teenager's timing for jokes. It's hmm. just it's just always happening, always sarcastic, um, and it just it, – it just – it turned me. And, and so now, you know – so if you want to jump into now here, I, I still I, I find it really intelligent and I love the vision stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely adore vision in this movie and the things that happen with that character and especially that scene with him at the end with Ultron. Uh, it's I, in just in fact was born yesterday. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a brilliant, touching uh, scene between the two of them uh, and a wonderful sci-fi exploration of what does it mean to be alive. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, it doesn't necessarily go according to like my beliefs about what it means to be alive. Um, but it doesn't necessarily go against it either. (laughs) There's just, there's just so, there's so much depth to it. And, but back then, um, it, it caused me to turn a little bit against Joss Whedon and caused me to say, well, not everything he touches is absolute pure gold. Like this could have gone through a refiner's fire a little bit longer to get a little bit more purity out of it uh, and get rid of some of the, the, what do they call it? Dross, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you on that. I think that um, the, from what I understand, and I don't know for sure, I wasn't there and I haven't really dug into it, but I've heard rumors that there was friction between what Joss wanted to tell and what Kevin Feige wanted to tell. And they were um, sort of, not able to come to really awesome consensus, you know, when they started to tell this story. Uh, I really do appreciate a lot of the backstory that was given, especially with Natasha Romanoff's character, Black Widow. Um, I really like the, the depth they were given to her. It was given to her. Uh, I I thought the, the Hawkeye stuff was okay. It it does feel kind of forced, and in some ways it feels kind of like a gimme in some ways. It doesn't necessarily feel natural. But then it kind of works because, you know, he's a superhero with a family, so it doesn't necessarily feel natural anyway. Um, Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's one of the first – well, no, maybe maybe the first in the movies to really work with a secret identity. You know, he's Hawkeye. You know, he's he's the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he doesn't live at the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. He has a house with a family mm-hmm. and no one knows about it except for Natasha. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the, the family side of, of, of Hawkeye's character. And yeah. I don't get me wrong. I really do appreciate it. I just think it's an interesting, it, it almost doesn't fit with what they've done previously, but I think it changes the things to make these people more, I mean, to give more life to the characters. You know, suddenly yeah. you're suddenly yeah. you're asking questions about, OK, where's where's Pepper, you know, and, and where's Jane and where's, uh, you know, you you do and you do get that flashback of of um, Haley Atwell as Agent Carter going, oh, that's you know, that's sad. You start to ask these questions of what are the families of these people? You know, where did they go? That sort of. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So. So uh, go ahead. what's your what's your current take on it then it i actually had to rewatch it twice and and the first time i watched it i watched it all the way through and i was kind of middling on it or whatever and then the second time i watched it i went through and really focused in on those visions on those um you know when wanda is messing with their heads and really what Uh what do those things mean um and you do get the thor one always confused me it always (laughs) felt a little like what's going on here? Why is why is Idris Elba you know choking you that sort of thing? And I still don't get that. Maybe it'll maybe it'll make more sense in Ragnarok. But um, the the idea that he goes into the puddle and and sees the Infinity Stones, I think, really set that up a little bit more and re- redefined where everything is. Um, so that was helpful for sure. Um, it gives. Tony, the ability to really want to put a shield around the earth, you know, really make that mm-hmm. thing, 
you know, so that informs his decisions in Civil War and then in Homecoming, honestly. Mm, so yeah. Those those types of things I really appreciated. I, I think you're right. It could have gone through a little bit more of a refinement. It could have gone through a little bit more um, Kevin Feige. You know, I, I feel like there's a, it's it's a movie about struggle and not just a movie about struggle between characters, but a movie about struggle between creators. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy this movie. I still like this movie. I still like it about the same way I did back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for the same reasons, um, like I said, there's, there's moments of brilliance. There's moments of incredible team moments, mm-hmm. you know, which you want, you know, because this is, this is the last one before civil war in this movie, they gel together mm-hmm. and, and they are working as a team from the beginning till the end. And then it gets torn apart later on. And of course we haven't gotten there yet, but, um, the this is where they all come together as a team and and are really you know really doing it and then of course it does set up a lot of stuff that happens i think it was actually meant to set up things uh, maybe i'm skipping to the last question it, i right? think we're there anyway so go okay ahead. all right so it's it's setting up a lot of things that are going to happen but it's uh not setting up the things they were expecting it to set up so like hulk his, you know, the end of his uh, journey in this movie, um, they didn't necessarily know. I think, I think they had ideas of where he was going, but I don't think that they necessarily knew specifically what he was going to be doing for Ragnarok. Okay. Um, and you know, but they set it up vague enough that it didn't matter. Right. Um, and and it's the same kind of thing with the visions. Um, the visions were a little more specific. Uh. And they definitely are pointing to, you know, things that are very much character driven and what drives the characters to do the things that they do. Like you said, especially uh, Tony Stark mm-hmm. and and his desire to protect people and, and to protect the world and and all that that does show up in, in later movies. And so I feel like it's it's here and they're trying to they're trying to be specific and set up things that when they do the thing that they set up, you can look back and say, ah, they set it up there. Uh, but I think they're also trying to be a little vague because they didn't, they wanted to give themselves room to do, you know, to change, to change the plans. I think the best example is Thor and and Hulk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, they had the flexibility to create what they did with, with Thor Ragnarok, which again, we'll, we'll talk about it when it comes or, mm-hmm. You and I can't remember what else I'm signed I up do. for, but um, <laughs> you and somebody else will talk Someone, about it when, when it comes. The so. global we will talk about yeah. it in a few weeks. Yeah. It, I, it, what did what did this movie give to the greater MCU? I mean, obviously, it set up Sokova, Sokovia, it set up Wakanda, Claw. Um, Wanda Maximoff shows up in in Civil War, and she's you know part of the team now. I do like her change about halfway through the movie, where she's like, "Wait a second. The guy who's monologuing, he's bad, and she changes her <laughs> tune. Um, I, I, yeah. You know that that was kind of cool to see. It, the I especially liked when um, Hawkeye they're they're in the they're in the house and everything's getting shot up and everything. And Hawkeye's like, "Look, stay here. That's fine. I'll have someone come get you. But if you walk out the door, you're an Avenger. You have to be a superhero. You have to fight. You know." you'll be part of something bigger and it'll be amazing, but you have to fight now if you yeah. walk out the door. Um, and that's one of those moments where it's such an intelligent moment. And then, you know, and then it's, Hey, lampshade time. 
I, I've got arrows, you know, like, right. I, what, how crazy is that? You know? And, right. Yeah. And that's, but that's a just style. You know, I think that's, that's it the is. thing that it definitely is. hits to his style. Because, uh, I mean, Buffy's all about that. If you watch Buffy, every single time they're in danger of some kind, she'll make a stupid joke about something. Yeah, but what I'd say is, you know, in Buffy, that's the style mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I think you have some of the, the butting of heads with creatives and the suits, you know, and you, where you're creating a thing that still has to feel like they belong together. But then how do you do that and allow directors to have their own vision of, of what they're doing? So you have, you know, from here on out, you have some very interesting things happening with directors and, mm-hmm. um, you know, loss of directors and changes in directors. Uh, but then you also have, you know, like James Gunn and you have um, uh, the director of, of Ragnarok and, and Black Panther. And you have some real risk taking coming up out of this movie as well. And yes. and so I think that's that's not necessarily the MCU uh legacy that this is giving but it is the uh the real world legacy that mm-hmm. this movie is giving and you know uh, yeah joss whedon after this movie whenever you'd see any kind of press with him he just looked so tired mm-hmm. and tired of it you know and just, yeah and, like, and to be i want to be done with this thing what really has he done since let's i mean really not a whole lot i mean he's done he a few- did this he did justice league he and Wait, it, he did Justice League? Well, yeah. Zack Snyder was directing the Justice League movie, and he got pulled. Now, some say, uh, you know, the, the spin that comes out of it was that he had this terrible family tragedy, right, right, which right. is true that he had a terrible family tragedy. But now you're also hearing that he was pulled from the movie before the tragedy, and they were kind of able to use the tragedy as the corporate spin on why he was removed from the movie, mm-hmm. but they brought in Joss Whedon to fix it. Mm. And so it's, which is kind of funny when you consider age of Ultron here right now and all the butting of heads that he had, this is my vision. This is our vision. How do our visions come together? And, you know, just him being at the end of just, he was just done, you know, and you can just see the look in his eyes when he's doing, you know, press things. It's just like, I'm tired and I'm tired of it, you know, and then he goes and takes on the reins of a movie that's half completed, uh, you know, has a full screenplay and they shot a bunch of it and they do all these reshoots based on rewrites that he did. And and that's where you get Justice League as a movie that feels like this. Um, Not quite as intelligent as this because it's two visions of a movie and then lots of, uh, you know, the sarcasm and the, the teenager Humor. And when I say teenager humor, I don't mean humor that you know is from a teenager. I mean that thing like I'm saying, where it's just humor in places where eh, you're relieving tension that maybe isn't there. Right. <laughs> and, and you don't need to relieve the, the the tension because it's not there already. You know. And well, I mean, um, and that makes perfect sense. He started as a script doctor. I mean, he wrote, he rewrote Toy Story. He rewrote episodes of Roseanne. I mean, he's been, he's been rewriting stuff for a long time. So it makes sense mm-hmm. for him to sort of go back to some of those roots. Yeah. I honestly, I just want another Dr. Horrible. If I can get that, I'll be fine. <laughs> was that, that was after this, wasn't it? No, was it before? that was before. That was before, oh, okay. that was before everything. That was before Avengers uh, and everything. Yeah. That okay. was, um, right. What after- was, Okay. 
I was going to say, so what was after this? Nothing. I think he did – well, maybe not. Well, to the IMDb. He, I know that uh, Much Ado About Nothing was somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Which was but, good. Yeah, but honestly, there hasn't been any big thing after this. Uh, he did some writing. Looks like he wrote the story and screenplay for Lego Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> uh, Justice League. Um, director. He Avengers. Much Ado About Nothing. Age of Ultron. Untitled Joss Whedon World War II horror project that's been announced. So yeah, I mm, I mean, but so like it's been a, it's been a while. He hasn't done much of no. much of anything, which is not to say that he should have, you know. No, and he doesn't need to. I mean, no. the guy is rolling in money, right? And Maybe the only, the only I, I would imagine. Is- let me let me rephrase. I imagine he's rolling in money. I mean. Right. He's he's one of those guys who has done some amazing uh, sci-fi fantasy stuff. Buffy, he, Firefly, Avengers. You know these cre- these yeah, these are big things. He's created a very um, he's created many worlds, and and he can tap any of those at any time to make more money. <laughs> I mean, if he walked in and said, "You know what? I want to do some Firefly Legos." They would be like, yes, let's do this right now, you know, because he's Joss Whedon and Firefly. Yeah. We have one host on the on our on our show who would uh, fall over backwards for Firefly. Anything. Yep, we do. At least one. So, OK, let's recap where the Infinity Stones are. The Space Stone is still on Asgard. The Reality Stone is still with the Collector. The Power Stone is is still at Novacore and the Mind Stone, which was apparently in Loki's staff to be from the get-go, is now in Vision's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I I it I think that was a hoop they kind of had to jump through <laughs> to get that to where it needed to be. I think they kind of went, okay, we're gonna put that, that. Oh, what about the Mind Stone? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, but I, I like the way they used it, and I like yeah. the way they used Vision yeah. with it. Um. Uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff. It's good and, stuff. and this is – it's not my favorite Marvel movie, but mm-hmm. it's – again, I, I think we've talked about this before where it's like – well, for me, it's like U2 songs or pizza. <laughs> you know? They're, they may not be great, but they're always good. Except for pizza. Mm. I don't like pizza. You don't have to like it. That's fine. You can That's why it. I said, at least for me. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ben, for rewatching – Avengers Age of Ultron with us. I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to share your thoughts with us, head on over to welcome to level7.com forward slash feedback, where you will find a great many ways to keep the conversation going. Welcome to the Infinity Initiative is a member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Once again, thank you for listening. Next episode, Ant-Man.